and welcome to episode 161 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Joel Phelan. And we might be hateful, but we're not part of the Hateful Eight, which is the movie we're reviewing on this episode, <laughs> as well as our top five Quentin Tarantino movies to go along yes. with his direction of the Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight is a movie that had a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's the eighth feature-length movie from director Quentin Tarantino. Um, about eight hateful people who get together at the OK Corral. No, I forget her name. It's like... Uh, what's it? Something's Habitatry. Habitatry, yeah. Mini. <laughs> Mini's Habitatry, that's right. Have a dash. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, any Quentin Tarantino film, I'm coming in with extremely high expectations. Love the guy's work. Yeah. Especially recently. You feel the same? Absolutely. He's hitting them all out of the park. I do like how he's such a polarizing. Some people hate his movies, but. Yeah, which I find. I think they're all awesome. Weird. I mean, I guess I could see it, but for me, yeah. I love for the most part. I do too. And he came in here with, I guess, originally, the Hateful Eight, the script leaked, and he was pissed, called off the movie, but then eventually came back around and eventually made it with an all-star cast of Kurt Russell, Samuel L. Jackson, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Tim Roth, Walton Goggins, Bruce Dern, Michael Madsen, Damian Bashir, and whoever played the... Uh, the driver. What was his name? Oh, um, <laughs> o O T or something. O O T O P O P O P. Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So, what did you think <laughs> of the Hate Flight? I loved this movie. Nice. <laughs> I uh. I don't know. I don't know why I wasn't. I didn't. Ex- Not that I wasn't expecting a lot. I mean, it was a Tarantino movie, but I guess I had heard sort of bad things about it. Yeah, I mean, only seventy-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is great for him, you know. Yeah, three nominations at the Oscars for Best Supporting Actress, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Best Original Score, and Best Cinematography, but nothing like I- Best Picture or anything. Yeah, which I don't know about that personally, but uh, and then it kind of got overshadowed a little bit by The Revenant, yeah. As well, still haven't seen that. But I mean, not The Revenant's amazing. Don't get me wrong, but I I enjoyed this movie more. Yeah, it was uh, I think his closest movie to being like a book type thing. Like uh, he uses he kind of shoots it like an old western, like like all the uh, like the text mm-hmm. is like that old seventy style. Like it looks like it's a piece of cardboard on the <laughs> yeah. top of something being a picture being taken type thing. Yep, and, and they then, got Ennio Morricone is the doing the score who did a lot of those old westerns. Really, no, I love the music. In yeah, the movie oh, when they use so it. good, so good. It's uh, 
That's amazing. And I liked uh, the, the chapters, and I liked how they would time-lapse sometimes mm-hmm. when the chapter ends. And and it'd be, it's obviously Quentin Tarantino talking, but he'll sum you up. Like, yeah, well, random so narration. Doing <laughs> and he doesn't do it much. Like, I think if they did it more, it wouldn't would have done the movie worse or whatever, but just because it was in between chapters, it was okay. Yeah. But I liked it. It was just something you kind of don't see anymore. Yeah. Or not that they don't <laughs> see it, but how he did it. For me... Reminded me of uh, Budapest Hotel, how they changed the chapters. Oh, yeah. But for me, this movie was a bit of a letdown. But that's coming off of two masterpieces, in my opinion, with Inglorious Bastards, which is either my favorite or second favorite movie of all time, and uh, Django Unchained, which is also, I believe, in my top 50 or 75 of all time. Really? Yeah. But still really, really enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, I just feel like if I'm getting my nitpicks out of the way real quick, it's... I felt the length. Usually I don't feel the length on his movies. I just am so into it. I felt the length a little bit here. Not a whole whole lot. I felt like there probably was some stuff that could have been trimmed. Like I said on Letterboxd. Uh, there was some fat to be trimmed. But I enjoyed chewing on it nonetheless. Yeah. Like, even though, like, probably could have tightened it up. I still enjoyed what was there. Because it really fleshes out the characters in the world building. Even though there's not much of the world to build, it's so fully fleshed out and lived in. It feels super authentic. Love the way it looks visually. It's gorgeous cinematography. Well deserving of that Oscar nomination. Like you said, the score and the music, incredible. Yeah, and uh, you also, the whole movie's in a small cabin. Yeah. And there's still all these angles. And right, and you feel like you've been on every corner of that, every inch of that cabin. You yeah, it's like almost like you're in the cabin, like you're observing it happen. Yeah. In a way, and excellent performances from, I'd say, everybody. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone that did. Uh, I don't know, what about the Mexican guy? Like, There's no way he was like actually Mexican, right? Uh, Damien Bashir, yeah, I believe he's of Hispanic percent. Yeah. Does it? He have like a natural accent or anything? I think so. Maybe not as much as maybe it was a little, um, you know, ham. I don't know. Maybe it was just like actually authentic, and I was just like judging. But I just sort of like come on. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure he doesn't talk like that. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, what was I gonna say? Just there's so many standout scenes where people are chewing on the scenery, like Samuel L. Jackson when he's in a show trying to have a showdown with Bruce Dern's character, and he's yeah. just telling this story for it seems like ten minutes straight. Oh, it's so painful too. Almost. <laughs> yeah, just trying to get him to react so he can kill him. <laughs> it's so good, and there's a lot of scenes like that. But like I was saying when we reviewed The Big Short, how there's no likable characters, and that was kind of a problem for me. That was not a problem for me here. Because no, no, I agree. Yeah. I still enjoyed getting into their minds and like 
they were interesting. They were despicable people, pretty much all of them. But yeah. they had a level of mystery or or just something there that captivated you, you know? Yeah. The whole... It's cool how, uh, how the story comes all the way around. Well, and thing. the story is, I guess... Kurt Russell is taking Jennifer Jason Lee yeah. and Maggie, I believe, to hang because she has a $10,000 ransom or something like that. Uh, no, uh, Daisy Dahmer. Daisy Dahmer, that's right. Yeah. He's taking her and he's the hangman. He never, like, it's wanted dead or alive, but he always takes them in alive so they can hang. And then Samuel Jackson meets up with them on the road. and They end up actually knowing each other. Yeah. And then Walter Goggins' character meets up with them again. He says he's about to be the sheriff of the town. But they're all going to Minnie's haberdashery where there are a bunch... The rest of the characters are there. And they get trapped there from in a snowstorm. So they have to wait there until it passes. And that's when everything really uh, gets interesting. Because yeah. Kurt Russell's character is super paranoid... Thinks everyone's out to take his bounty off his hands. And Samuel Jackson, I guess, is like... I don't know. He's my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. Samuel Jackson's character. Like, Definitely. Uh, I, f- I can't remember what his name is exactly in the movie, though. I can figure it out real quick. But, um, yeah, it's just the different interactions you set up. There's the British guy... Tim Roth, what is his character's name too? It's like funny character names. Um, Joe Gage is Michael Madsen's character. Bob something. Like yeah. Mexican Bob is Damien Bashir. And Bruce Stern is like a colonel from the Civil War, I guess. Yeah, for the Confederate side. Racist as shit. Like that's yeah. one and then you thing. have Samuel Jackson, a black guy in a union. Yeah. Army. Now, I guess here's a hot-button issue. What do you think about all the racism, like the racism and the the N-word being used? Quentin Tarantino, big fan of the N-word in his movies. Yeah, um, I... It's... I guess it's really not my decision one way or the other, but I think it's okay. Or, not that it's okay, I... It's these characters. I don't mind it in the movies because it's true to the period and it's sort of like And these are despicable people and it's Yeah it, their... it's a plot device essentially yeah. is how they're using it, but it's I don't know. It does make I don't know me how uncomfortable. To word it exactly. Like it does make you uncomfortable, but I think that's the point too at the same time. Like Yeah, it's sort of I feel like he knows the word holds a lot of power, and he likes doing that. He likes messing with people. Yeah, it's for sure. I don't. I mean, know how to put it in words exactly. Yeah, and so I'm not even going to. So I don't step on like toes or anything. Cause I don't and but at the same time, like it's pretty timely, like with everything yeah. that was, that's going on. You know, with the cops, like even the sheriff here is racist and. I guess it's uh, one of those things you can put in the category of, like, it's a horrible thing, but if you don't teach people, like, 
you don't teach history, you're bound to repeat it type thing. Yeah. It's not quite that generalized, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, why would you make a movie about the Holocaust and show people like that or something like that? Yeah. It's like... I mean, we don't have the answers, but I don't think the movie itself is racist. I think it's strictly the characters. Yeah, it's, it's strictly the characters. And in some cases, that could bleed over through the filmmaking. But I don't, I don't know. I, in my opinion, it's not. And same with I don't like, ever get like that. There's a message really behind his movies. Like I just think he's he makes a movie to be really enjoyable. Yeah, he's a fan of film, and he's just trying to make the best movie he can, while still pushing yeah. whatever boundaries he can. And same with like the sexism or abuse of women, like how Kurt Russell's constantly punching uh, Daisy Donahue. Yeah. Like, I don't but think just, he, like, the film is misogynist, but clearly Kurt Russell is. And at the same yeah, time, not to she's mention, the one she's to hard kill as her. nails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the movie's called The Hateful Eight. You know, they're hateful. Yeah. And I think she's awesome in this movie as well. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Without just, getting, like, spoilers, like, Everything that pans out with her is just amazing yes. in the movie. And just her facial expressions. She's so good. Um, she's so John? disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like hawking loogies or you know, snot rockets. John, you care if I play this guitar? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah. She's incredible. Uh, Samuel Jackson's character is Major Marquise Warren. Oh, okay. And there's Sheriff Chris Mannix, Oswaldo Mowbray, General Sandy Smithers. I mean, these are... And it's OB. Are these their, like, real names? Or... Cause, or oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I'm not... It's, uh... It's very interesting, and it's kind of like Clue, in a way. Yeah, there's like a mystery element to the whole thing, which wasn't my favorite part of the movie. Like, I didn't really care about the mystery. I just more cared... I, I just enjoyed how it played out. Exactly. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I was fascinated. But I think it's like very similar to Reservoir Dogs, Dogs in a way. Just, I think, much better polished. Oh, yeah. It's like Reservoir Dogs meets Django and Jean. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it's almost like a tale of two halves. Like the first half of the movie, it's mostly meandering, slow-paced, in the best way. Like, just a lot of dialogue yeah. and... Just yeah, this movie really does snowball. Yeah. <laughs> but like it starts so slow. A super slow build into a crazy uh, action-packed last 45 minutes, probably. Half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, I enjoyed the first half more, I think. The more build-up and getting to know the characters than the, yeah, I, out, the outcome, I would say. I, uh, I guess I mostly agree with you, but I love the last scene of the movie. It's a oh my very God, yeah. subtle... Oh, my God. Not, not even the last scene, like the last like couple lines of the movie... It sort of concludes a argument that sort of started a lot of things. 
um, I don't know. I don't want to really say what he said because it would kind of mm-hmm. give a good part of the movie away. I'll tell you about it later, I guess. Yeah. It's just <laughs> strange alliances and twists and turns about, like, who's with who and what what's going on. It's, it's Why so well made. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a, what do you think about, like, the flashback without really getting spoilery about the flashback and the reveal that leads up to that? It's kind of cool because I did notice a couple of the things in the first half of the movie that just uh, the one I could say the jelly bean. He looks at a jelly bean. That's all you see real early in the movie. He walks and he sees jelly bean. <laughs> um, and there's all these little things throughout the movie, and then the lead up, it's like, oh wow, that makes sense, and you would never have known, or whatever. I guess. It's just cool because you see, like, Samuel Jackson's character looking around and, like, thinking. Yeah, and don't exactly. don't say anything about it the whole movie. and then it It's very just... subtle in how they're putting it together. I feel like a rewatch would probably help, like, you'll notice things more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's definitely a movie that it could be a whole other movie the second time around for you. Yeah, for sure. And I like... I think the the plot is a little convoluted and contrived to just fit this narrative that he wants to tell, but it, it doesn't bother me because I enjoyed it so much. Like I'm sure you can yeah. nitpick it to death. Like really, he was <laughs> the whole time, you know, stuff like that. But I don't know. It just worked for me, and I liked how it was a movie that was taking chances and trying different things throughout the movie. It wasn't just Sticking to its guns, you know. Yeah, that's what uh, I was a little bit worried about this movie. I thought it was just going to be, even though Django and uh, Glorious Bastards are amazing movies, I thought he was just going to make another one of those movies in a way, and he really didn't. He he switched it up just enough, and I don't know, it totally... I lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's all right. Um, <laughs> one thing that I thought was great was how surprisingly funny it was a lot of times. Yeah. Like uh, the whole bit where you have to board the door, now it's shut every time. I don't know. That This is the whole, like, almost like a Three Stooges or some kind of oddball comedy thing going on there. <laughs> enjoyed that and I my, maybe my favorite scene was this uh, part of the whole Samuel Jackson telling the story to try to get uh, Bruce Dern's character to to come at him bro was when uh, Bob is on the piano and he keeps screwing up and like the music is scoring the scene and it's like he has to keep restarting oh shit he's starting over I don't know. I just I thought that was hilarious. yeah. That was a uh, that was an awesome scene. Yeah. Now that I'm like thinking about, it, you've only seen the movie once, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I've seen the movie like two, like two and a half times, I guess I'd say. Uh, and I felt like a lot of the things you you're nitpicking about that I don't mind that much. I kind of felt that the first time around. Like I didn't love the movie the first time. Oh really? But after, like, the second time of watching it, I liked it, like, more and more. So, it's interesting. Sorry. Just yeah, no, for like, sure. What you're pointing out. Yeah. 
And do you think it was like um, subverting expectations when you go to the flashback and you find out that um, was it Mimi, right? Minnie? No, Minnie. Yeah. That she's that there's a black couple that are in that place. Because I mean, oh uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I thought that was pretty cool because it's like the whole time, you all you hear is like, "Oh, she hated," or "Yeah, she hated Mexicans." Like, so you're thinking, okay, <laughs> yeah. another racist white person in in the old whatever, you know, Wild West. And then <laughs> yeah, that, the flashback, uh, it just naturally, it's normal, you know, it's not like it's announcing itself in a grand fashion, but it, I thought yeah, it was subverting just, expectations a little bit. It's like a fact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Matter of fact. I thought that was pretty cool. But that was awesome. Like, he was like, I figured it out because, or what, blah, blah, blah. That sign said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mexicans are dogs. And she took it down. She started letting dogs in. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's a great dialogue driven movie. Another great script, as usual, from Tarantino, you know. Yeah, I super enjoyable. can't wait to see what he does next. Like every movie he does. Yeah. What do you think I'm he should he do? He only makes a movie every so often. Um, I think I he know. should probably get away. I mean, look, who am I to say? Whatever he does, I'm watching. But I'm, maybe it'd be better if he got away from the West. the old times <laughs> for a little bit. Yeah. Let's see like a, a modern movie, like a, his next Pulp Fiction or something. Yeah, what if he did, like, a sci-fi or something like that? <laughs> yeah, like a horror. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Me either. But Probably out sci-fi everybody. <laughs> yeah. What would you give The Hateful Eight out of ten? Ooh, I'd give it a, um... I'm going to give it a solid nine. Nice. I almost want to give it a nine and a half. Awesome, but... So, oh, and we're about to get to that. Never mind. I was going to ask you, do you think this is better than? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, I'll give it a a light eight and a half. Still liked it quite a bit. If it was from anyone other than Tarantino, I'd be raving about it. But just since he, yeah, this is so big... so good. It's almost yeah. like an eight and a half is disappointing for a Tarantino film. Yeah. But yeah, let's get to our. Uh, have you seen, how many of his movies have you seen? Um, he has eight movies. Five or six. I was just gonna rank all of them. So if you want to just rank the ones you've seen. Okay. Um, uh, I've seen them all, so I'll start with eight, seven, and then you'll pick. Come in right when, uh, whenever the number is that you've seen. Okay, that's cool. So, my least favorite Tarantino at number eight is Jackie Brown. But it's a movie I've, okay, only, seen I've only seen it once. And I, it, I think it was before I saw Inglorious Bastards, Pulp Fiction, and Django Unchained. So, uh, okay. I might not have been in on it yet. So, I really want to give it another shot because I've heard better things about it than, uh, than my own memory serves. So that could go up at some point, but it, right now it's my number eight. Number seven right. is his half of the Grindhouse double feature he did with uh, Rodriguez. 
It's Death Proof yeah. with Kurt Russell as like a. I guess this is almost like a horror movie, horror thriller. Kurt Russell plays this creepy guy who's like tries to stalk, rape, and murder women, and they uh, turn the tables on him. Have you seen okay. that one? Uh, no. All right, so then we're at number six. I think, six I can join yeah, in. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm generally, this is two movies, uh, Kill Bill movies. Yeah, I'm combining them. So, um, yeah. I actually don't hate the movies or anything, but they weren't really my thing. Yeah, I just recently watched it for the first time, both of them back to back, and, uh, well, I guess it wasn't the first time. It was like I'd seen bits and pieces, but never really. Yeah, I had seen the movies on TV, actually, the first times, yeah. believe it or not. I'll just say they're my number five, but my number six is Reservoir Dogs. I still like it a lot. Like, all his movies are good. But yeah. for some, like, it's his first movie, and I just feel like you can tell he's not quite there on a technical standpoint, but... It's still an intriguing story with some great performances. Yeah, uh, yeah obviously that's on my list. Um, my number five is Natural Born Killers. He wrote that one. Killers. Didn't direct it, but he did write it. Oh, uh, well, whatever. I I, I don't love the movie, <laughs> but it is pretty crazy. Yeah, I feel like it's one of the most overrated movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's raved about, but I, I don't really know. Get I it. guess I could see how someone could like it, but it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. It's like trippy elements mixed with. Yeah, but I liked Fear and Loathing a lot more. Even though I don't like Fear and Loathing like other people do, but mm-hmm. I liked that movie a lot more than I liked Natural Born Killers. So yeah, Kill Bill was my number five. I just think the martial arts is incredible. Like, oh yeah, for a guy who this is his first go at it, like to do this epic two movie long martial arts film with. I just love how innovative it was. Like the fight with uh, her and Vivica Fox in the beginning of the first movie, where they're using like household items and yeah. like it's just ingenious. Like. At some point, there's an animated part. At another time, it goes turns to black and white for the Chinatown It's almost fight. crazy that it's Tarantino. I mean, it's kind of crazy that anyone can make that movie yeah. like that. But I mean, he just goes to show he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> so yeah. I had a ton of fun with it. It's no fault of its own that it's this low on my list. I just liked the rest of the movies that much more. What's your number nice. four? My number four is Pulp fiction oh that low yeah um this is one of those movies that i saw a long time ago at this point i couldn't even like i know the like iconic scenes and stuff like that but i can't really remember too much about it so i think now that i'm a little older or whatever i'd probably like the movie more yeah whatnot but I just remember it being talked up to me and me not liking it. So, or not mm-hmm. not liking it, but not loving it. I guess to what I thought it was. Yeah. Well, my number four is the Hateful Eight. So, what's your number three? 
My number three is Reservoir Dog. Ah, okay, so that's where I got mixed up a little bit, but let's say Reservoir Dogs is really my number four, and number three is Django. Yeah, that's my number three as well. Love it tremendously. Yeah, that's such a cool movie. Leo is one of the best villains of all time. Uh, Jamie Foxx and... Christoph Waltz, that is one of the best, like, tag team duos of all time. Yeah. I've never been the biggest Jamie Foxx fan, but I absolutely love him in Django. Yeah, he was awesome Django. in this movie. I think it's his best performance he's ever done. And, of course, Christoph Waltz is always, always great. Yeah, always amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, right. number two? My number two... Is Inglorious Bastards. It's so good. Yeah, it's a. I mean, I say that movie's so good that I feel like almost bad about saying it's number two. Yeah, I almost like like, kicked you off the podcast. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's about the Nazi hunters and the Jew hunter. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's a really crazy World War II movie. For sure. Revenge fantasy thriller. Yeah. (laughs) Same with Django a little bit. It's just so over the top and enjoyable. Yeah. Speaking of Django, like, Samuel L. Jackson's amazing in that as well. Has a. Oh, yeah. He's playing way older and, like, a turncoat traitor. Like, he's. He's at his best when he's with Tarantino because he's also amazing in my number two, Pulp Fiction, which I think the reason it's so high for me, and it's like in my top five or six of all time, is because I watched it for the first time about five years ago, so pretty recently, somewhat recently, yeah. and uh, it lived up to hype for me. I loved, I liked how there were so many different storylines, but each one was amazing. Bruce Willis has his own thing going on. John Travolta and Samuel Jackson. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. It's when I really started to realize the power of QT. <laughs> yeah. He's got to be one of my uh, favorite directors. He's pretty solid. Oh, yeah. Big Number time. one, Hateful Eight. I saw it coming because there was no other movies left. I feel like uh, this movie takes a lot of all the good things that he's done and is mostly more refined in doing it. Even I, though it's a little bit more like, like say, Reservoir or yeah, Reservoir Dogs and like Django, I guess, or not Django, like uh, Glorious Bastards. But I don't know. It's something the slow burn in the movie. I really liked because it burns so fast at the end. Something I don't know. I just it's not even something I can describe. It's like a feeling, you know. Yeah. I really like this movie. I could see how someone could think it's like uh, his most pretentious film to date, though. Like a little navel gazing, maybe thinking, uh, "I'm so good. Watch, I can do this." Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But 
That doesn't really bother me. I don't mind pretentiousness if it's if it's good, you know. Yeah, and I think it kind of fits his personality oh, yeah. a little bit. He's a weirdo outside of his filmmaking. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would not want to hang out with the guy, but I want to watch the movies he makes. But yeah, my number seems one... Like he's probably a pain in the ass to work with. But. Oh, oh, yeah. Sure seems like it. I mean, I don't know, but... <laughs> My number one is Inglorious Bastards. I have it in my number two movie of all time behind There Will Be Blood. But it's right up there. I mean, I just think on a scene-by-scene basis, there's nothing better. It's one of those rare movies where, like, each scene, each and every single scene in the movie is amazing in its own right. And at the same time, it all adds up to an even better whole when you put it all together. I, I think it's a masterpiece. I agree with I think the one thing that really makes this from being my number one and this is like the most minor thing ever but I really like war movies in World War 2 so the fact that it's like kind of stylized right right it's just and again super 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 minor like I loved everything about this movie I even like that it is in World War 2 but just when we're talking about great movies on that scale. I hear it. But, yeah. Uh, I need to watch it again soon. I haven't seen it in a couple of years. I think, also, I watched this movie to death. I probably watched it like four times. Yeah. Like, pretty close to each other. It's kind of like what I did with Inception. Yeah. I mean, you get the move. Like, for me, I don't buy a lot of Blu-ray, so when I do buy Blu-ray, it's... It's of the classics. Definitely an Inglorious Bastards on Blu-ray. Yeah, I, I... At least I used to. I used to get in kicks where there'd be a Blu-ray or whatever and, and I wouldn't take it out. That would be like the movie. Right, it's just I put on every night to fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. Background noise, whatever. Comfort food. Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of you out there disagree with our takes on this. Hateful Eight or Quentin Tarantino in general, if you do, or if you agree, or if anything in between, send us an email at the Redbox Report at yahoo.com, or catch us on Twitter at the Oriole, blah, blah, at the Redbox Report. Twitter, <laughs> I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Reporter. And like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, find us on podcast producing things like iTunes yes. and Stitcher and stuff like that. Listen to us in your Tesla car. <laughs> Whatever you gotta do. <laughs> Toodaloo. <laughs>